uh, there on Facebook or Twitter at HBC Tullahoma, YouTube as Highland Baptist Tullahoma, and we have our phone live streaming audience also. So uh, welcome to each and every one of you uh, who are there. Uh, let me just encourage those who are at home uh, to go to our website at highlandbaptistchurch.com. It's there that you can download today's worship bulletin. If you need one of those in, in person here, our ushers will be glad to come around and to give you one. Uh, so be sure to download that from the info part of our website there. Uh, you can also download the children's worship bulletins. Those go along with our sermon today. Those are in the windowsill over here uh, if you need those. And we will be dismissing for Children's Church at the end of the time that Mercy's Well uh, will be singing right before the message there. Uh, so you, you be sure to, to do that. If you have children that you want to uh, put in nursery, just head back at that time also, and our, our workers will be glad to direct you uh, where you need to go. And, and then also, uh, while you're there on our church website, be sure to go ahead and download the prayer list there. If you need one of these in person, they're out here on the table uh, in the hallway. Several people that we want to continue to remember in prayer. We'll mention those uh, at the end of our service today. And while you're there on our church website, or if you're here in person and you want to do your giving online, uh, just go to the far right-hand side, click the Give Online tab. That may depend on the screen uh, that you're looking at. If you're looking at it on a phone, uh, it'll lay out a little bit differently there, but it'll still be the last option there. Uh, click the Give Online tab, easy platform there for you to set up. So I encourage you to take the time uh, to do that. And then you should find in the back of your pews, if you're one of our guests, uh, one of our uh, connect guest cards here, I want to encourage you to fill that out uh, and to place that in an offering plate when you leave this morning. We do have some bags up on the sides of the stage and at the doors as you leave. Be sure to pick up one of those. Just our way to say welcome. It has some gifts in it that we want to uh, give to you and welcome you to our church. And then if you're one of our members or one of our regular attenders, let me just encourage you on the back wall back there uh, as you go out. Uh, as well as on the sides here as you go out in the little holder. Uh, there's a connection uh, card there. You may have filled out one of these in the past, uh, but just want to encourage you to fill out one of these again so we can get updated information. Sometimes emails change, sometimes cell phone numbers change. Uh, that way we can get the proper information uh, into our system uh, online. So just wanted to make you aware of those things also. And then uh, while we're here, we just want to go ahead and do our missionary moment uh, of the week, and uh, that is in your bulletin there. It's uh, the uh, Stuart Robinson, who is serving in South Korea, uh, he met uh, the Means, uh, which is not, that's not their name, but for security purposes, uh, we're using that name. Uh, the Means, who were cafe owners uh, and believers who had been closing their cafe on Sundays. Uh, the Robinsons came across them uh, and uh, began to ask them and inquire more about uh, opening maybe uh, their business for a new church plant on Sundays. And so they, they were like, yes, that's what we've been praying for. Uh, and so we want to pray for the Robinsons uh, as they're serving there in South Korea as well as all of our missionaries uh, this week. At the end of the service uh, today, we are going to be having a love offering uh, for Mercy's Well. We're glad to have them with us. They come all the way from North Carolina. They'll introduce themselves uh, in a little bit. They do have a table set up in the back, uh, so be sure to stop by that before you leave uh, today, too, to support and encourage them. Uh, but be sure to be prepared to give a love offering. There'll be ushers at the doors as you leave this morning to give that love offering uh, to support their ministry. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the wonderful blessings that you've given to us. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you for the privilege that we have that we can come before your throne of grace even right now. We want to uplift the Robinsons, Lord.
and ask that you would bless them as they're serving there in South Korea. We ask, Lord, that you will open the opportunities even more. We give you the glory and the honor for what you have opened for them to be able to start a new church plant there. Uh, we just pray, God, that you'll place a hedge of protection about them and all of our, all of our missionaries who are serving around this world and across this nation and North America. Lord, bless us that we might be a blessing to them also through our tithes and our offerings, as well as just to remember them in prayer each and every day. So thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the service. Thank you for the songs that are going to be sung. And we give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brad, y'all come again. to the other side to carry me across the raging tide when this life is over no more sorrow grief no pain there with jesus i'll remain when i reach the other side i'll be so happy there then oh what a wonderful time when we gather I'll be so happy there. 
is a joy for mercy as well to be back with you guys. I've uh, been a year. We were here last summer, I believe it was, and and uh, it's just always a joy to come to this part of the uh, of the state. We don't get to this area very often. But how many of you seen us for the first time? Any of you? Okay, that's about uh, two of you. Uh, let me introduce the guys real quick. Uh, not going to take a lot of time because we're going to try to get as many songs in as possible. So if I sound like I'm talking fast, I really am. So we're going to try to get these in. This young man uh, to my left uh, sang the song a moment ago, Jesus Saved. Been part of this group for 17 years now. Uh, you may hear him pop over the piano at some point this morning. You're going to enjoy his singing. His name is Greg Gaynor from Kernersville, North Carolina. Give him a nice welcome. This is the youngest member of the group. Greg's the oldest member of the group. This is the baby right here. He's the biggest baby you've ever seen, I promise you. I'm about six foot two, two and a half. And uh, he joined us, and I thought I was tall till he popped into the room. But he's been part of the group for seven years now, and he is our token Yankee. Where'd all you people come from? <laughs> Got out of there, didn't you? But this, uh, this young man has been, uh, been here, like I said, seven years. He grew up in Chester County, Pennsylvania, at least the first half, and then his family moved him to North Carolina, and he's been there ever since. He calls Ashboro his home in North Carolina. His name is Jake Wood. Give him a nice welcome. My name is Brad Strider, and I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina. While you're at it, you can make me feel welcome, too. I would appreciate it. Uh, we're we're going to do we're going to do some old songs some new songs uh, but this was a, this is an old one I grew up in a Baptist church about half this size probably out in the middle of nowhere and we sang straight out of the old hymn book and I used to love those old hymns and the older I get the more I remember some of those songs that I grew up singing the more I catch myself walking around the house singing songs that I remember singing as a kid maybe that we hadn't heard in a long time and uh, there's one song in particular that I always loved the lyrics. I thought it had the most beautiful words that I had ever read on a page. But I thought it had the ugliest melody I'd ever listened to in all my life. It just didn't fit. And so we recorded an album full of worship songs and included this one and changed up the melody, combined it with another song, and I think you're going to like it. One of my favorite songs about the cross and about what Jesus did for each and every one of us, a song called Blessed Redeemer. Listen to the words of this song. Sinners, please. 
never find it for years unnumbered on heaven's shore my song shall praise it forevermore blessed seems so bad and the news seems so sad and the world says that all hope is gone though your path may be hard when you know who you are oh your heart isn't far from a song every verse that you knew it will come back to you all those words that you learned you can rest in his arms and let the praise fight for war when your heart isn't far from a song you'll find that you turn to it as well with my soul what a friend rock of ages jesus loves me i so you have nothing to worry about.
need oxygen after that song. Uh, you know, life's full of ups and downs. If you hadn't had ups and downs prior to the last two and a half years or so, I promise you we've all experienced some ups and downs. But this particular song kind of covers that topic, and it was picked long before we knew what we were going to be going through. Uh, just a few months after we recorded this album, we recorded the tracks for it and prepared the music. And you know, life's full of those ups and downs, valleys, mountaintops, trials, circumstances that come into our life, but it's in those moments that we learn to place our faith and our trust in the one who knows it all. And this song says it far better than I ever could. Why don't you listen to our brand new single, doing very, very well, called Bless the Waves. Listen. To Sunshine days and glassy seas, but that's not the way I'll know you better. So in rough waters, Lord, will you help me to bless the waves when the sea would take me under, to face the wind and not fear. To bless the waves that throw me on the rock of ages. I could stay in quiet harbors, anchor safe, my soul at peace. But I was To bless the waves when the sea would take me under. To face the wind and not fear the rain and thunder. Cause my faith is made stronger and I'm learning with every storm that rages. To bless the waves that throw me on the rock of With your mighty mercy, would you help me always? 
to bless the waves when the sea would take me under to face the wind and not fear the rain and thunder cause my faith is made stronger and I'm learning with every storm that rages to bless the waves that throw me on the rock of ages to bless the This song requires a little audience participation. And I know some Baptists are often tempted to clap on the wrong beat. So this is the right beat. So do this for about three minutes, if you would. We're coming to a river called Jordan. I can almost hear the swelling tide. Over there, I know I'll never know a burden. When we make it to the other side, I'll put on my crown, lay my burdens down, put on the robe of life. Jesus, I will ever abide. Over there, I know we're gonna live forever. When we make it to the other side, I'll put on my crown, lay my burdens down, put on the robe of life, forget all the past, home at last, gonna all my trouble and strife. We'll see the great King, praises will sing. go, y'all some of the worst about that clapping. I always tell my Baptist friends to make yourself friendly with some Pentecostals because they clap on the right beat. And if you don't know any Pentecostals, visit a black church one Sunday. They clap on the right beat. So uh, 
One more song real quick. Um, we've probably done this song every time we've ever been here, uh, but we'd probably get strung up, uh, uh, strung up and run out of town if we didn't do this particular song. Uh, I pray that if you've heard nothing else that we have said or sung or you hear nothing that Pastor Jim speaks about this morning, I pray that each and every person in this building knows without any doubt that it is well with your soul. In my opinion, the greatest hymn ever written. Listen to the words.
Well, if you have children and you want to dismiss to Children's Church, meet down here on this side. If you have children that you want to take to nursery, meet over here also, and our workers will be glad to show you uh, where you need to go. Did you enjoy that this morning? Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing it is to have these guys with us, to have them share uh, the gifts that God has given to them. We want to welcome those who are here this morning. If you would take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 15, verse 29. And we'll give just a minute here for our kids to keep coming. It's great to see all these kids, isn't it? Amen. Seems like our children's church keeps getting larger and larger every Sunday. If you want to volunteer to help us, uh, we would love to have you uh, help us, especially uh, when there's only a couple of teachers, uh, when we have large groups like that. It'd be great to have two or three others uh, to help with them also. Let's stand as we read God's Word in honor of His Word, Matthew chapter 15, and we're just going to begin with verse 29. Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee, and He went up on the mountain and sat down there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to this passage this morning, as we're walking through the Gospels here, looking at the life of Jesus, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help us to uh, be able to answer these questions in our hearts and our lives this morning, that we would be able to answer the question, do I believe in miracles? With a resounding yes. Father, I praise you and thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives, for the physical miracles that you're bringing, but also for the spiritual miracles that you're bringing of those who are coming to faith in Christ. Lord, bless your word this morning, and we just pray, God, that if there is one who's here, one who's watching online, who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, may today be that day of salvation for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. So let me ask you that question this morning. Do you believe in miracles? Now think about it. Before you answer that question, we have an even bigger question to answer, and that is what do we mean by miracles? What do we mean by miracles? Well, let me give you a definition. A miracle is an act of God using or exceeding the laws of nature to perform humanly impossible feats to reveal His power and glorify Himself. And there are two things you need to notice immediately about that definition. First of all, miracles assume there's a God who can perform one. And secondly, it assumes that God does indeed perform miracles. Now that's important particularly for us to understand over the last century or more because people have become more and more increasingly skeptical about the possibility, much less the reality of miracles. Skepticism about miracles is nothing new. You can actually go to the Smithsonian Institute, uh, there, the museum there in Washington. Uh, you'll find on display there a leather-bound book called the Jeff Jefferson Bible. It was his particular, Thomas Jefferson's particular version of the Bible that he read every day until the end of his life. But what he had done is he had taken a razor and he had cut and pasted selected verses from the four Gospels in chronological order and left out every single miracle or reference to a miracle found in, uh, found in the Bible. 
Uh, it's a gospel without any reference to two central miracles of Christianity, the incarnation and the resurrection. In other words, there are those today who are just like Jefferson who have rejected both the God who performs miracles and the miracles performed by God. And so the problem with that thinking should be obvious. If miracles are impossible, then the study of Jesus is a waste of time because Jesus himself is defined by the miraculous from his virgin birth all the way to his sinless life to his resurrection. Two of the four gospels begin with a miracle that C.S. Lewis called the grand miracle, the incarnation of Jesus Christ, that God became man. And, and so if you believe in the incarnation, then you ought not to have any trouble believing in miracles. All four gospels though conclude uh, with a miracle that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, the second miracle, the resurrection of Jesus, is proof and the result of the first miracle. If Jesus was God in the flesh, then death cannot conquer him and the grave cannot hold him. All four Gospels continue with miracles uh, because if the New Testament record is reliable, the Gospels record uh, this amazing uh, display of miracles that in no other time or place in the history of the world has ever been witnessed. In fact, one of the things that makes the miracles of Jesus so amazing is just the sheer number of them. You ever thought about that? Go back and look at the Old Testament. When you go back and look at the Old Testament, there were miracles in the Old Testament, but miracles were relatively infrequent and rare. But when you read the life of Jesus, he may possibly have performed more miracles in one day than were performed in all the centuries of the Old Testament put together. The two bookends of Christianity the, are the incarnation and the resurrection. So to put it bluntly, the truthfulness and the relevance of Christianity depends on our belief and, and upon a belief in miracles. So here's the key takeaway I want you to get this morning. If you believe in Jesus... You have to believe in miracles because Jesus uh, was, was a miracle who worked miracles and still does. And so believe it or not, I'm going to show you what I consider to be a miracle right here in this room. Uh, I want you to look at this next verse uh, that we're going to look at, verse 30 and verse 31. And let's read these two verses uh, together. Verse 31 says, and great crowds, let's read it together out loud. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put them at his feet, and he healed them. Verse 31, so that the crowd wondered when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Now think about it. What you just witnessed was a miracle in reading those verses. You say, what do you mean? Well, think about it. The, the simple act of reading those few words it involves millions of impulses firing across billions of synapses uh, in your brain. While you're reading, your heart it went about its business circulating about five quarts of blood through hundreds of thousands of miles of veins and arteries and capillaries. It's amazing that you can even concentrate since you're on a planet that's traveling 7,000 miles per hour through space 
while spinning around on its axis at a speed of 1,000 miles per hour. We're not even dizzy. But we take those miracles so often for granted, don't we? Day in and day out. I mean, think about, as we think about the miracles in general and the miracles of Jesus specifically, there's one thing to keep in mind, especially for those who may not believe. One of the most interesting things about the miracles of Jesus is that they were never contested by his enemies. Not a person who was his enemy said, Oh, I don't believe that happened. They saw it happen. His miracles were acknowledged by people who weren't even his followers. So what upset his enemies was not so much that he did miracles, but it was about when he did those miracles and how he did those miracles. Now, there are several things I want you to get from this passage this morning. Here's the first thing I want you to see is that we need to believe in the possibility of miracles. Believe in the possibility of miracles. Because if you believe in a God worth believing in, you have to believe in the possibility of miracles. You have to believe in a miracle working God. Because what God is worth worshiping if he can't do anything more than what a mortal human could do? And so once you allow the possibility of miracles, uh, you allow the possibility that there's a God, first of all, you have to allow the possibility of miracles. Furthermore, if you're a genuine Christian, you have to believe in the possibility of miracles because without miracles you wouldn't even be a Christian and there would be no Christianity. Christianity is a miracle faith and a faith of the miraculous. In fact, you can't even make sense of the Bible if you don't believe in miracles. You realize that the Bible begins with a miracle when God spoke this world into existence? So understand this, regardless of, of, of how you interpret the Genesis story, I personally believe that God spoke the world into existence in six 24-hour days. Uh, but one thing is for sure for all of us, something was created out of nothing. That's a miracle. And so we've already said that the bookends of Christianity are the incarnation on one side and the resurrection on the other side. So if you accept the Bible as a historically reliable book, much less the Word of God, then it really doesn't matter what other people believe. The evidence for miracles, particularly in the life of Jesus, is overwhelming. Remember, we're not talking here about the probability of miracles. We're talking about the possibility of miracles. By the way, let me just take up one small uh, objection because many times people will say something like this. Well, the Bible isn't a science textbook. Miracles have to do with science. Therefore, it's irrelevant what the Bible says since it, it only deals with history and, and theology. Well, there's one problem with that line of thinking. You really can't separate science, history, or theology. Take, for example, this. The central miracle of the Christian faith, which is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, is the resurrection, is his resurrection a theological truth? Is it a historical truth or a scientific truth? The answer is yes. It's all those. Scientifically, a resurrected body deals with anatomy, deals with biology, deals with physics, deals with chemistry. Historically, it probably has more proof that it happened than any other miracle in the history of the world. Think about this. Theologically, Christianity is simply dead without it. 
And so remember here, we're not talking about the probability of miracles, we're talking about the possibility of miracles. It is true uh, that, that our universe operates by and large on a daily basis on what we call the, the laws of nature. Natural laws are the way things naturally happen. And so just because something happens naturally in a certain way doesn't mean it has to happen that way all the time. Because if God is the one who made the laws of nature, then he can supersede and suspend the laws of nature. It's one thing to say that miracles rarely happen. It's another thing to say that miracles don't happen. So possibility has nothing to do with probability. So if you believe in God, if you believe in Jesus, if you believe in the Bible, you have to believe in the possibility of miracles. Here's the second thing I want you to get from what we're seeing here. Look at all those miracles Jesus performed there. The crowds came to him. They brought with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And he put them on their feet. He healed them. Uh, he brought the, the blind to sight, uh, the deaf to hear, the lame to walk. It's only, here's, here's what we need to realize is the purpose of miracles. Realize the purpose of miracles. Because it's only when you understand the purpose of miracles, particularly the miracles Jesus performed, that you begin to understand the place of miracles today. There's three uh, purposes of miracles, particularly by Jesus, that will help us not only to understand why miracles are uh, much rarer today than they were in the times of Jesus, but also to distinguish a true miracle worker from a false miracle worker, and, and there are both. Here's the first thing I want you to see about this and the purpose. The first purpose of miracles is authentication. Authentication. In other words, what we see is that Jesus performed miracles to authenticate what he said about who he was. One of the favorite terms used for miracles in the Gospels is the word sign. A sign is something that points to or indicates something else. And so the miracles of Jesus were signs to point to the fact that he was God and that what he said was true. Here's a great example. There's a story in the Gospels about four men uh, who let down that paralytic uh, through the roof into the house where it was so crowded so that Jesus could heal him. When they brought that man to Jesus, the first thing Jesus said to him, do you remember? Your sins are forgiven you. And boy, that's when the Pharisees got upset because they said only God forgives. What gives you the authority to forgive sins? Mark 2, 7. So Jesus realized what they were really saying was put up or shut up. So Jesus said to them in, in, in Mark chapter 2 and verse 9, he said, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, take up your bed and walk? Because understand this, no one can prove whether that happened or not. If you say your sins are forgiven. I, I could come to anybody in the congregation here this morning. I could say to you, your sins are forgiven. How do you know that? How do I know that? How does anybody else know that? So what Jesus says is which is easier? Uh, to say uh, your, your sins are forgiven or take up your bed and walk? Well, obviously the easier is to say your sins are forgiven. So Jesus performs a miracle and he says to the man, take up your bed and walk. And for the first time in his life, this paralyzed man walked home. Now, that miracle wasn't primarily to heal that man's legs. 
but it was primarily to touch the hearts of the people with the truth that Jesus is God and what he said was true. That leads to the second purpose of miracles, which is revelation. Revelation. You know, one of the greatest miracles that Jesus performed was casting out demons out of people. And on one occasion, he said to the Pharisees, but if, uh, he says this in Matthew 12, 28, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. The miracles of Jesus proved that not, not only that the kingdom of God has now come, but that the God of the kingdom has now come. The one thing that Jesus did that drove the Pharisees nuts and, and eventually uh, led to them wanting to get him crucified was his claiming to be God. In fact, it almost got him killed before the cross. In John chapter 10 and verse 31 and verse 33, the Bible says that the Jews picked up stones to stone him. Uh, they picked up stones again to stone him. And verse 32 says, Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? Jesus is saying, referring back to all these kinds of miracles, healing the lame, healing the blind, healing the crippled, healing those who were mute, and many others. Which of those are you stoning me for? And so notice what verse 33 says. The Jews answered him, it is not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy. Because you being a man, make yourself God. Now the reason they said that is because Jesus had just got done saying, I am the Father are one. And so to any Jew, that was blasphemy to claim that you were one with or equal to God. And so these Pharisees, they, they reach down and they pick up stones and, and they're going to stone Jesus. But listen to what Jesus goes on to say in verse 37. He says, if I'm not doing the works of my Father, then don't believe me. But if I do them, even though you may not believe me, Believe the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Jesus said, look, if you don't want to believe what I say, that's fine. But at least believe what I do. If you don't want to believe my words, at least believe my works. There's a story about a brilliant 19th century French artist who was the name of Paul Gustave Doré. He had lost his passport while he was in a foreign country. When he got to the border, he began to explain to the, to, to the border, to the immigration official there his problem. He told him who he was. He was this brilliant French painter. And, and the official, what he did is he, he handed him a piece of paper and he gave him a pencil and he said, draw a picture of Paris with the Eiffel Tower in the background. So the man, he begins to jot on the pencil, on the paper with the pencil, and he begins to draw. And within a few minutes, he, he's drawn and produced an exact replica of the city and the Eiffel Tower. Con, and he convinced that official he was exactly who he claimed to be just by what he wrote. That's exactly what the miracles of Jesus were for, to reveal he was exactly who he said he was. Here's the last purpose, the third purpose of miracles, is glorification. The ultimate purpose of everything that Jesus said and everything that Jesus did was to glorify his Father which is in heaven. So after Jesus healed the paralytic, he said in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 8, when the crowd saw it, they were afraid and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. 
You know why that's so important? This is important to know because it will help you to discern the difference between true miracles and, and between false miracles. Even though Jesus performed miracles, He gives this warning about miracles when He says this in Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do many mighty works in your name? And he says, Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Jesus gave two warnings about miracles. First of all, he said that a miracle isn't necessarily always from God, even if it's performed by someone who, who, who calls Jesus Lord. So remember this principle. The message always trumps the miracle. The message always trumps the miracle. If somebody performs a miracle, but at the same time is preaching or teaching things that are unbiblical or not in line with Jesus, forget the miracle and forget the miracle worker. Because a miracle isn't necessarily from God just because it helps people. There are people who actually did cast out demons. They did a good work and their miracles did help, but they didn't come from God. And so when you put all this together, you'll begin to understand why that even though miracles are still possible, and even though miracles still happen, they are more rare and infrequent than what we see in the New Testament, because the first two purposes of miracles aren't necessary any longer. We don't need authentication or revelation. That's why we have God's Word. He's already given His Word to show us that. There are times when God does miracles, though, for the purpose of glorification, uh, for glorifying God, which is why we can still expect God to do miracles today, because God always has been and always will be in the business of glorifying Himself. Here's a third thing I want you to get from this passage this morning, is to understand the process of miracles. Miracles basically fall into three categories. And the most prominent of miracles uh, that Jesus uh, performed were, were obviously what we call physical miracles. Uh, these are miracles primarily of healing or relieving human suffering or reversing the effects of sickness or disease. Even today, all of the miracles that Jesus performed, uh, of all those miracles, the ones that we still want Him to perform today are the physical miracles. Because it never fails when you ask for prayer requests, uh, what, what are 99% of the time you're going to hear a request for? A physical healing. You're going to be looking for a physical miracle. Uh, and so uh, Jesus not only performed physical miracles, notice also natural miracles. That's the second category. Uh, there were, these were the most entertaining miracles, if you will, that Jesus performed. And these miracles, uh, it, Jesus either suspended or He superseded the laws of nature, whether it was taking water and changing it into wine or stilling a storm or walking on the water or feeding 5,000 people with just a few loaves and a few fish. These were those jaw-dropping miracles. Uh, these were those miracles uh, where, where the people would have been like, can we see you do that again? Or, or, or where they would say, can you show me how you did that? That was those kind of miracles. Then there's a third group of miracles called supernatural miracles. These were the miracles where Jesus would specifically cast demons out of people. So Jesus proved He was God by showing He had authority over disease so He could heal. 
He had authority over disaster. He could turn water into wine. He could steal the storm. He could feed thousands of people with just a Happy Meal. Isn't that awesome? He's that kind of guy. Or, or he could also, uh, with, with the demonic, even the devil himself, by casting his demons out of people and into pigs, he had power over the demonic. Even the way that Jesus performed miracles was totally different. Sometimes the miracles were natural events that were simply timed in supernatural ways. For instance, think about this. Jesus is out there on the sea with his disciples in the middle of a storm. Does a storm go on forever? No, eventually it's going to end. But Jesus supersedes the laws of nature and immediately the storm calms down. It didn't just calm down like it naturally does. Immediately it did. So sometimes a miracle isn't what happens, but when it happens. Sometimes a miracle isn't when it happens, but where it happens and what happens. It doesn't matter when a man walks on the water. If he walks on the water, that's a miracle. And so what I'm trying to help you to understand here is that there are so many ways that a miracle can happen and so many things that can go into making of an event a miracle that we have every reason to believe and to expect at times to see and to experience the miraculous. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, which leads us to the greatest question people have about miracles. Do you appreciate the presence of miracles. Now, I hope to one day share, you, share with you the whole story uh, about Samantha. I may even try to do some of that tonight and the miracle that we saw in, in what she had going on with her uh, two aneurysms. But it was the miraculous. You've seen miracles happen in your friends' lives. You may have been the, the recipient of a miracle that you could testify of. You know, we're excited to hear stories about miracles, but, but there's one type of miracle I didn't tell you about that Jesus performed that to this day is his greatest miracle. And it's not physical miracles, it's not natural miracles, or even his supernatural miracles, it's his spiritual miracle. He's still performing spiritual miracles. Now notice something here from the New Testament. When John the Baptist, you remember when John the Baptist, he was in prison and he was beginning to have some doubts about whether or not he had made a mistake about who Jesus was. And you remember that he sent his disciples to ask Jesus specifically this question. Matthew chapter 11, verse 3. Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? He wasn't sure. And so John was having these second thoughts, and he just wanted to make sure that Jesus was who he thought he was. Listen to the answer of Jesus, Matthew 11, 4 through 5, and it refers back to what we're reading here in Matthew uh, chapter 15. Here's what he said. Jesus answered him, Go and tell John what you see in here. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Did you see it, or did you miss it? Jesus talks about these physical miracles. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. And then he adds this, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. 
Wait a minute. What's so miraculous uh, about the preaching of the gospel? Why did Jesus put that last there? I'll tell you why the greatest miracle of all that God does is not to heal a person's body, but to change a person's heart. That's the greatest miracle of all. Suppose two things happen at the end of this service. Suppose somebody who, who was paralyzed uh, from birth was suddenly and miraculously healed, and they started running all around this sanctuary because they were just so excited that they could run now. What if someone who was born blind, all of a sudden uh, they received that miracle and they had 20-20 vision? Suppose that another person though who is in perfectly good health, gives their heart and their life to Jesus Christ and trusts Him as Lord and Savior. Do you know what would excite us more? What would we be talking about at the restaurant this afternoon more? We'd be talking about that person who got up and run around the sanctuary or that blind person who received that healing. We'd be talking about the physical miracle. When you compare the two, though, there is no comparison. One is temporary. Because that person who received the, uh, to be able to run around, they were lame and now they can run. Uh, the person who was blind and now they can see, eventually they are going to die. One's temporary. The other's eternal. Because now here's a person who's going to live forever. The physical miracle only requires a touch from God. The spiritual miracle costs God His only Son, Jesus. That's why every time somebody comes up to us today and says, I received Jesus as my Savior. Every time we see somebody baptized in the waters of baptism at church, every time we see a life changed simply by the gospel of Jesus Christ, that He died for our sins, that He lived that perfect sinless life, was buried and was raised from the dead on the third day. When somebody asks you that question, do you believe in miracles? You ought to be able to answer with a resounding yes. How do I know? Because He saved me. He lives within my heart. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you during this time of invitation to come and to publicly profess that faith in Christ. Maybe you're, God's been working on your heart to come and join this fellowship. Uh, maybe it's just to simply come and pray at this altar. Whatever decisions need to be made, would you come? this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and thank you for your truth. Thank you for the great and mighty miracles that you do do. Father, we thank you for uh, miracles we have seen, miracles we have experienced in our own lives, miracles we've experienced in this church. And so, Father, I give you the glory and the honor because that's what it's all about. It's about glorifying the name of Jesus. Anytime you bring those physical healings, Lord, we give you that glory and that honor. And I pray that you would use each and every one of those miraculous healings, Lord, to bring people to faith in Christ, because that's the greatest miracle of all. So, Father, I pray this morning, whether it's someone who's been watching online or someone who's here in this service this morning, that they have not trusted in Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, Lord, I pray that they would come this morning to surrender their heart, to surrender their life to you. Lord, there may be others who are here, whatever those decisions they need to make, Lord, I pray they would come this morning to give you the glory and the honor. Lord, thank you for the miracles that you're already doing, for the miracles you have already done, and the miracles you're about to do. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. We want to stand and sing our hymn of invitation number 312, softly and tenderly. Would you come this morning as God lays on your heart?
Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. And if the Pharisees will come, and Levi, if you'll come with your mom. <clears throat> Y'all come on up. This is Jason and Kelly Ferris and, and Livy also, who's coming this morning. Uh, they're coming to join uh, our fellowship from a sister church, and we're so excited uh, for their decision. And Levi uh, gave his heart and his life to the Lord this week uh, at camp. The Lord had spoke to his heart and been speaking to him for some time, uh, but he talked with his mom this past week, uh, and we've gotten to talk with him too, and he's accepted Christ and wants to follow through with believer's baptism. If you're excited for these people's decisions this morning, would you say amen? Amen. We're so excited for them to give a hand. Y'all can go ahead and have a seat there for just a moment. Uh, Brother Mark is going to come and share our announcements. Uh, and then after our announcements, uh, Mercy, after he prays, then Mercy's Well is going to come back up and sing one more song for you uh, before they leave. So stick around for that, that blessing also. And don't forget the love offering that we'll be taking at the end. So, Brother. Brother Mark, I think your wife had one thing she wanted to share too. So, Miss Linda, if you'll come. <laughs> Go ahead. Boys and girls age 4 through 5th grade where they are taught 
to know, love, and serve Jesus as they rotate through the church for Bible stories, scripture memory, missions, music, games, and supper time. There is a flyer with more information about this club. If you would like to be a prayer partner, please feel free to get one of these flyers to refer to as you pray. We are praying for the Lord of the Harvest for workers, for there are between 30 and 40 children that usually come each week, and volunteers are needed to work directly or indirectly with these children. If the Lord is leading you to serve in Awana this year, there are several opportunities available, so please check the volunteer sheet outside the pastor's office or come see myself, Pastor Jim, or call Amy. We are in special need, Mark already said, for a cook for meal times. Um, if you want to volunteer and um, Oh, if you only want to volunteer for one day, there's a place at the bottom of the volunteer sheet on the bulletin board for helpers that we need for the kickoff. If you feel led to serve, but you have children younger than four, there is a Puggles program for those children birth through three years. Registration forms look like this. the church. Isaiah 54, 13 says, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. I thank God for this church, for all the financial and spiritual support that you give to all the children in the children's programs, because you know that kids matter to God. Happy morning over the sea When the cares of life shall pass away Shall pass away forever Give it there to welcome all the ransomed and free When they ring the bells of heaven on that day Hallelujah When they ring the bells of heaven Ring the bells of glory When redeemed are gathered on that day Everybody's singing What a happy meeting When they ring the bells of heaven on that day a lot better about clapping since I insulted you. Yeah. Press along rejoicing through this unfriendly line. Glory land is waiting all the way. Better be a glad homecoming, won't it be grand? When, when they ring the bells of heaven on that day. When they ring the bells of heaven, heaven ring the bells of glory. When ringed are gathered on that day. Everybody's singing, what a happy meeting when they ring the bells of heaven on that day. Everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. We will shout and sing his praises. Everybody will be happy over there. Ring the bells of heaven, ring the bells of glory. We're gathered on 
Amen, amen. So we, we are so glad you were here this morning. Hope you were blessed by them. Our regular offering, the plates are down here on the, on the stage. Uh, the love offering will be at the doors for you to give. Uh, we're going to ask the Pharisees to come and stand over here on this side of the speaker. Levi and his mom Amanda come stand here. You come by and give them the right hand of fellowship. Let them know how glad you are for their decision. You're dismissed. Thank you for being here.